Hello and welcome back to the Bring It podcast. Hello. Hello. Um, yeah, so rather than just do the games and the, the weird little gimmicks that we do every week, we thought we'd actually talk about films, you know? And TV. Yeah, and TV. Um, actually, actually, it's predominantly TV, I'll be honest. Yeah. We are a film in a quotation mark podcast. So that could imply that we're just talking about moving image in general, but that just sounds awful. They need to think of a better word to cover film and TV because they are really one entity nowadays, I'd say. Yeah, they're under the same umbrella. Moving image is poor, yeah. Um, So in order of sort of how trending it is, I think Last of Us is technically the biggest series out at the moment. Uh, So we thought we'd talk about Last of Us, maybe compare it to how how this is going compared to how the game was by this point. Mm-hmm. So uh, what, what do we all think so far? I think we're all in agreement that it's good, but the game's better. Mm. I, yeah. think, I think the main thing I was thinking for this is that the point in the show we're at, what, we're like six hours into the show, mm. and at this point in the game... Sorry if I was stumbling there. My cat just jumped on me. And it, leave me alone. There was no stumbling from my, uh, from my well, ears. Um, yeah, but at, the, at the, this point in the game, we're probably, what, like 15 hours into it. Mm. So, obviously, we're, we're missing out on a lot of cutscenes. We're missing mm. out on even just the like witty dialogue they have as you run through missions. And... I think I felt it the most the last episode. I feel like it's a bit rushed, mm. but I, it's, it feels bad saying that because it ne- it's going at the speed it needs to. Mm. But I just if I I'm finding the relationship there between them a little less convincing than I found it in the game. So. I, I... Go on, Roy. I I actually think that the problem they're having in terms of. Uh, creating the the same relationship and making you care as much comes from the fact that there's not the same constant tension that's in the mm. game in the show because you just can't create that in the same way. Yeah. Because in mm. in the game you're constantly walking through levels with like a fear of being attacked by like yeah. zombies or humans or something. And um if they did that over and over again in the show it'd be amazingly boring. Yeah. I as well I think naturally in video games Tension is just higher anyway because you're the one playing it. Yeah, yeah. Like no matter, it could be a very bad video game compared to a really, really good film. But naturally, you're going to feel more tense playing the game because it's there's it's not really higher stakes, but there is sort of. It's the interactivity of the fights as well. That's what keeps it interesting in the game as well. For for those moments when they're walking through the level. So is it a case of it could never as been as good as the game was i i don't think i think it's i, w- I don't want to say never is an impossible i, I want to say i want to say it's very very unlikely it would have been mm. like I, I, you can't you can never say it would never be it but it would have been incredibly difficult for it to be better for me throughout history games have not translated well to yeah. tv shows or film and that's just simply because they're longer and for, yeah. for the most part, you're controlling what the character does. Yeah. So, mm, so the, the choice is taken away from you. I think story-wise, most video games that they try and adapt, the stories just aren't strong enough in games to 
work in live action like last of us i think is the one that's working the best because i'm still really enjoying it i'm still liking it but i think it's working the best because the story of the last of us is one of the most cinematic stories ever put in video games Mm. and it is it's working for the most part but i'm just i'm not feeling i say this as if i haven't like cried at like four of the episodes but i'm (laughs) not I'm not feeling the same level of stakes and emotion as I did playing the game. Um, and genuinely, I love both of the leads. I think Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey are both doing brilliantly. But I would say that in... And they're both great actors as well. But I would say that Troy Baker and... I've forgotten her name. I think it's Ashley Johnson. Ashley Johnson. I think both of those in The Last of Us are cast so perfectly that it's impossible to think of anyone else as those characters. There's also a nostalgia attached to their voices in the game. Yeah, yeah. Different in the show, so the the scenes, like the big emotional scenes, yeah. maybe don't hit the same. Yeah, like in, when, I, when those big emotional scenes play, in my head I'm just... I'm replaying them in my from the game and just hearing like Troy Baker's voice as Joel is one of the most iconic pieces of like voice acting I've ever heard and it's it's always it's going to be an insurmountable task to live up to it I think and I'm I'm wondering if I would have enjoyed it I don't I don't know if I would have enjoyed it more or less if I hadn't played the game because what I'm finding myself like about the show the most is sort of seeing it seeing my favorite parts of the game unfold and like having I've already got those connections to the characters like they're already like there before but I'm also constantly comparing it to the game. So I, I genuinely don't know if I'd like it more or less if I hadn't played the game. Mm. Because I find myself loving it because of the game, but I also find myself comparing it and then disliking it more because of the game. I, I, I tend to th- I think compared to your you two and the way you've analysed it, I think mine's um, slightly simpler. And, and I do think maybe the delivery of certain lines uh, has just been... Uh, not quite as strong and I've been able to sort of measure it and identify why so I, I'm pretty sure it's not just nostalgia um, especially because I did play the game I played the game for the first time fairly late in my life mm. so it's not like intense nostalgia so the the, the thing I noticed in that scene um, the most recent scene in the show where they talk about oh, everyone who's ever left me and all that kind of stuff mm is that first of all the lines in the sh- in the game are said with way more emotion which i get is kind of easier when you can go take after take after take with nothing going wrong it, like there's less that can go wrong in post production and like you know talking to a camera uh, talking to a mic uh, than if you're filming it to be fair, I, I, in the video mm-hmm. game it's complete motion capture they're not speaking to mics they're acting it out oh they, they are would. Yeah, it's motion. Like, if you're not seeing any of the behind capture. the scene clips, yeah, like the whole I thought it might have been. Like I thought they might have done a little bit of re-recording every every I mean, so often for some scenes. Perhaps. Maybe, but the whole thing, as far as I know, is done like that, or at least ninety nine percent of it. But then, but then also something I noticed was that even the the sort of the sh- I, I say the shot choices is obviously not with animation, but mm. it like even the way the camera was positioned was even slightly more effective in the game. Yeah. So I think when when the the scene um when the scene sort of uh, opened up at the start 
it, what happened is I think it, it tracked it and then it kind of moved into an over-the-shoulder mm-hmm. shot. That was something I wrote down or, yeah. or banked in my memory. And in this, it is literally just over-the-shoulder shots that are just cut to each other, mm-hmm. like they stay mm-hmm. in position. And it's a slightly more run-of-the-mill way of filming the scene. Yeah. Um, and I don't know... Annoyingly, I didn't hyper-analyse what made one more effective than the other, but maybe it did make it feel... It does slightly take you out of it sometimes when you see stuff being filmed in such a, a generic mm. way, I suppose, maybe. But um, and, there, and there was also... I, I also just think maybe they should have more life or death situations, I think. And yeah. I said this... I've said stuff about this before. I think there's, there's a, a little bit of a, uh, a slow burn of supremacy out happening at the moment where like things that are slow burners people don't want to criticize too much because it makes them look like they can't handle slow burners whereas really maybe i I think it's potentially the job of the tv show just to cater to all audiences Mm -hmm. so like something like better call Saul, which i know i'm losing you here because neither of you have seen it but you've already lost me (laughs) but i tend to think something like better call Saul is maybe getting um higher critic score than it's probably worth mm. even in the earlier seasons because i think some people some intellects don't want to say that something's a slow burner is a bad thing yeah mm. because it makes them look less um less um subtle less uh, what's it uh, what's the word um sophisticated that's the word mm. less sophisticated by saying slow burner as if it's a bad thing in itself with no other explanation, it's, I don't that's why it's if it's a slow burner. Like I f- like, I feel like yeah. it's rushing through a lot. I like, I think I think in terms of how they're walking, like how they're talking to each other, and and the way they're moving through the environment of the Last yeah. of Us is very slow. Like there's mm. not in, in the game you would encounter like infected or. I don't know, raiders or something like that in a lot of the scenes. Like, even they walk past the hydroelectric dam, and in the game, you have to fight off raiders from the hydroelectric yeah. dam to, so they can keep powering Jackson. They just skipped over that completely and yeah. set that whole, that whole part of the game in Jackson instead. And I think, I think we were saying the other night that sort of made it lose its impact because mm. it didn't have Joel chasing after Eddie like happens in the game. They didn't even have the bit which I thought was really odd. You know, in the game, Tommy hands Joel the, the picture of Sarah from his backpack. Yeah. I don't know why they excluded that because that made sense to me as to why he sort of rejected Ellie there because it made him yeah. remember that he couldn't protect protect his daughter. And I know yeah. they sort of went across that with the, the the talk between the two of them, but at the same time, that sort of it was a nice bit of foreshadowing beforehand, mm. and it made it feel less rushed. I get that bit with mm. Ellie as well. I've, like, I said this. If it's more impactful in the game because she runs away and Joel chases her for like a solid like thirty minutes of gameplay, and obviously they can't do that in the show. That like I'm not complaining that they can't do that in the show. It's just I feel like that's why it it's so much more emotionally impactful in the game is because he's just he's fought his way through like tens of like raiders just trying to get to her because he knows he needs to to save her. And like mm. apologize to her and like all of this, and like in the show, it's just yeah, it's there and it happens so quickly, and then it's just it's just done. I and mean, they could like, have done it. They could have done it the same in the show. I don't know. Have, they... I feel like I don't know if they were like limited with the amount of episodes they had because I feel like 
from the time they see Tommy to the time when he's at the university and getting impaled, that is easily, easily two episodes worth of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Like, it just goes through it so, so quickly. It has sometimes felt padded with other stuff, though. With like the like this like the horse scenes where they sort of slowly trudging through things that could be a few seconds that could be like yeah. a thirty second montage instead it's yeah. like five minutes. Um, Again, I've I also still, sorry, I still really I feel like we're shitting on it a lot, but like, mm. we've all said we're really enjoying it. And it we do think only, it's good. It has gone down. I think so. After two episodes, I was like, this could be this could end up being better. Because they yeah. had those little opening scenes, didn't they? Like the con- the contextual scenes about the yeah. the way it spread. All of that was like better than the game. Yeah. And then also that opening scene was really, really good in live action. I love to I see think... it. And then since then it has felt and it's similar to a lot of my criticisms of Bones and All, where it just felt like one of those sort of vibey things where they just travel across the country and there's chemistry and there's beautiful scenery and that's kind of mm. it, it, it does lean like, on that. I feel that's like for the, the whole... episode. Not first that's two. All, yeah, first three episodes. I think every everything that they have added that wasn't specifically in the game, I think has been absolutely fantastic. But everything that is a direct adaptation of the game hasn't lived up to what the game was. Mm. It's just how much time they spend on certain things rather than getting in yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think all of the performances are great. I think the acting is great. And I do think the emotion... And the connection is there. I just mm. think in the game it's higher and like to a bigger standard. I'm very hot and cold on Bella Ramsey, actually. I think and both of the, I think they're both as good as each other. I wouldn't even say Joel is better cast as I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Pedro's better cast as Joel than Bella is cast as Ellie. I think I'd they're agree. both just as good as each other. I think she's got better as she's gone on as well. Like as her personality has been able to shine through a bit more and there's been a few mm. more jokes between the two of them. I've warmed to her people, a bit because I sort of see what in after the first episode when Bella had about five minutes of screen time. I was just like, give, give them a chance. <laughs> but, um, that's, but that's the thing. I think what it was, was emotional scenes. I think Be- Bella Ramsey has done very, very well capturing the sort of sassiness of Ellie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then in the emotional scenes, I've not been sold at, at all. And I've seen, yeah. and that's the thing, I know how contrary that is to what people are saying because I've watched reactions to them as well just to see what people are thinking. Uh, and people are going, oh my God, like, that's tear worthy. It was as good as a game. Such a sad scene. But I felt like I was watching someone acting during those scenes. Yeah. It'd be interesting I, I, am I, am I in there? I, I don't know if I, I, I don't think she's been amazing in those scenes, but I don't know if I, thought she was see, I didn't think I was seeing someone acting but then I was comparing it to the game so I, yeah it's hard it'd be interesting to see how she handles the scene with the cannibals in the snow I think that'd be yeah. the big one yeah I think that again that is I feel like that is the emotional height of the game so if that is done really really well I think the show will like it could like again I still I'm enjoying every episode I think it will really sell it but if they don't nail that scene I think it's basically put itself in a position where it can never overtake the game. Mm. Mm. Perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. Um, should we move on to you, actually, then? I know we've... Me? <laughs> Let's talk about Tom. I think every um, single time... Yeah, let's talk about you. you. Been... 
every single time people mention the show you a joke is told somewhere mm. um okay so i think that the really early thing to say about this introducing the topic is that people are really shitting on this series compared to compared to other series I think um, even series the three first two i think from what i've seen it's getting pretty similar reviews overall to season three Ooh, I'd say more. I'd like say letterboxed. More so. At letterboxed, I think the first five episodes have got higher ratings than the first five episodes of season three. Not letterboxed. I'm the bit like cause one of. I think there's only one episode that has lower than a seven rating in the whole show, and that's mm. in season three. It's like episode one of them. I don't know. I've also I seen articles. I've seen articles and tweets about it being a little mm. bit lesser and it not keeping mm. the same standard. Uh, but I, I think know. a lot of it, a lot genuine. I think the show is it peaked with Victoria Pedretti. Yeah, I think mm. she was such an incredible, like, um, what's the word? Like, person for Penn Badgley to act across from. I think, wet, like they had such good chemistry romantically, but also you could f- feel like the anger and hatred really well as well. Mm. I- I think, I think the um, as as the show has gone on, I think the first season, the fixation of his obsession felt new, and Beck was a pretty good character, so yeah. we enjoyed that. Pedretti was unreal for two seasons, yeah. so obviously that pushed the show up, and now they're trying to flip it, and maybe the characters he's fixated on just aren't as interesting. Mm. I don't oh, even, yeah, I we discussed even, this, didn't we? I don't even think it's like... The character, like, I think obviously the main one is Kate. I don't think there's anything wrong with her character. And again, I'm enjoying their little whatever it is. Mm. I think, I think me and you, me and you have agreed that it's the side characters that are the main, yeah, the main but- issue. Because I think season one, the side characters aren't great. I think Peach is interesting, I think Paco's interesting. Season two, I think, has the best side characters with people like Forty. And then this season, like they've always had stereotypes with their characters, but this season it's just awful. Awful, mm. posh, yuppie sort of obnoxious. Obnoxious. Yeah, it's just shit. And it's and like, like you, you can tell that the writers don't know anything about Britain because they've like based yeah. it on classism, which, although is a thing in the UK, they've sort of gone at it from a perspective that we're still in like the 1950s and or the even the 1920s and there's the working class and there's the aristocracy which just yeah. is not a thing in the UK anymore really and, mm. and I think that's where I find I, I think this season is probably I've enjoyed it more so far than I enjoyed season three but I think it's the sort of satire is just a bit tiring now like when it was like the satirical look at California people um, in season two, the satirical look are like people from New York and then suburban people in season three. They've done it every season and it's just getting a bit tiring just seeing the same sort of, oh God, I'm so much better than these but stereotypes. All of the ones in this season sort of felt like the same character to me as well. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't enough like variation. Diversity, yeah. Diversity I'm... in them, like personalities. I'm surprised you enjoyed you're enjoying this the same as the marriage counselling sort of era of series season three because I thought that was when you was very strong again. 
So when they so the episode um, "Help My Wife Is an Axe Murderer" or something like mm. some sort of paraphrasal of that, that was I think that was when you was at its peak still, because mm. I found those those in those conversations where they were talking very openly to the um, very very openly to the um, marriage counselor, except they were omitting, yeah, or, or they were they were kind of using metaphors, weren't they? Mm-hmm. I found that sort of tension really palpable and quite funny as well. So that I mean, was that was all very strong. You and then it it kind of fell downhill when they were kind of um, focusing more on the the funny characters of yeah. um, Gabe and I've forgotten the, the the lady's name. By by far by far the best thing about season three and probably season two as well is the dynamic between Love and Joe. It is yeah. It's easily been the most interesting thing the show has done in like the entirety of its runtime. But in season three, just everything else for me was quite boring. I didn't That's find not... I didn't find the Marianne stuff interesting. I didn't find the neighbor stuff interesting at all. I just found it all I all I want I would have been much happier if the show was just Love and Joe in a house talking to each other for ten episodes. It it definitely goes downhill after episode five, and then it sort of picks up near the end. But it goes mm. downhill after episode five because he becomes obsessed with Marianne. Yeah. Because you I have mean, to see all these scenes of him stalking her again, and it's just like, oh my yeah. god, I've seen this the last two seasons. I don't really care anymore. Yeah, definitely. You and that's what I'm appreciating about this season is that it feels like for the first time he's really trying to do like change as a person. Yeah, mm. like for the first three seasons, I see the bits when he's trying to change, but realistically, he's the same person with the same character as the same character with the same motivations, and there's not really much of an arc there. But this season, it genuinely feels like they're trying to do something different with his character. The uh, I, I do wonder sometimes if we're a little bit like, and I think I mentioned this very early on, if we're a bit like you spoiled because because I think it actually is like a top tier show, and I don't think it actually gets the credit it should do in that regard like you know when we talk about like the absolute was it mount rushmore of tv shows i think that could genuinely sit in candidates for that in terms of like netflix originals at, at the very in terms least. of netflix originals yeah probably not in terms uh, but, of tv as a whole i i think potentially in my head it is i mean i've not yeah. enjoyed many I mean, tv shows more not 10 for, yeah like as a personal opinion that's absolutely fine yeah, but, that, but that's what I'm saying. Say, like, yeah, I wouldn't say objectively it's one of the greatest. But it, that's what I'm saying. Even the lesser seasons, I feel like. So people notice drop-offs massively and then you zoom in on it and it becomes maybe mountains out of molehills. Kind of. So I, maybe it's a lesser season, but then it's it's always... Because it has been so consistent so far and because that tonal shift between season one and then mm. season two and then season three mm. has been an actual shift rather than yeah. them, rather than doing the same thing with different characters and all that kind of thing. So they've I actually maintained like... it extremely yeah. well so far. And so the one time where maybe we're seeing a slight drop off, um, maybe from midway through season three, mm. it's probably being extenuated a bit more than there so is. I... I don't. I don't feel like it has been a very consistent show, at least for me. I think the first two seasons are genuinely quite masterful, and then season three was a big drop off for me. Mm. I'm not sure about that. I mean, again, that's that's your opinion, Uh, but I just I think the quality is the the difference in quality is quite big between season one and two, and then season three. 
and I think it's picked itself up a, up a bit this season. But again, I need to see how it ends because we've only seen half of it. The the thing I think it's done well this season is like flip his obsession where mm. he's become obsessed with the guy that's coming after him. Instead yeah. of, like obviously he's obsessed with Kate a bit, but he's stopping himself on that front. You don't yeah. see him stalking her as much yeah. anyway. It's more him trying to figure yeah, out like, who's framing He's him. not stealing her phone and like that sort no. of stuff that he was doing before. I um mm. I I did sort of think that I, I mean I saw the reveal I don't want to ruin it but the reveal at the end of episode five I sort of saw it coming and yeah. when it happened it was a little bit of like a I don't know an anticlimax a little bit for me mm. I don't know I mean, where they're gonna go go with it I mean I don't think there's a single person it could have been that it was like would have genuinely shocked me unless it was like Beck or something isn't mm. that the point though so well, yeah, we're saying yeah. we're saying we no but we're saying I expected this, but then it could have been anyone. That was just said like two seconds within. No, it. that's I, what I'm, I'm saying. They were all suspects no, like, the whole time. No, but I mean, we and Rory have spoken about this before. We both thought it was Reese, but I don't mm. think any of them would have shocked me. But we yeah, but were that... both right at the beginning. We're like, yeah, it's probably him. Yeah, we yeah. both immediately thought that, but at the same yeah. time, none of them would have shocked me. But that's the thing. He could have just as easily. That's you never. He could have just as easily been like a red herring for that exact level of intelligence to be able to read. Yeah, that, that it could have been. Him. Could have been a red herring, and I, I would have. But that's what I would I'm have saying. Appreciate, I would have appreciated that, but it wasn't. They didn't set up any other characters to have the intelligence. To yeah, do all of them. Doing. Yeah, all of them were quite stupid. There's Kate, Kate. There's the student, which I thought it was, and maybe she's still involved in something because the student I thought. She was the one who very early on showed an interest in him and showed uh, and had the intelligence to sort of keep up with him. The student for me is the same type of character that Ellie was in season two and Paco was in season one. It's that young character that he feels the need to protect. It might not have been, that's the point. It might not have been, but so far it is. She wasn't involved enough with everyone else for it to be her, I don't think. And she that wasn't was... here at any of the places where the people were murdered. Yeah. Well, not not on camera. Like, that's what I'm saying. Well, like, yeah, obviously. Is... It would have been pretty obvious it would have been her if that every single place it was on camera and she was like in... But then Reese wasn't like, about... Like... Reese wasn't about either. But it would make more sense for him to be there. Like, it was... It yeah. was like, like you're saying, they, they did leave, like, light red herrings with these two. It, it, it didn't make sense for it to be Kate throughout, really, did it? Yeah, no, definitely not. No. So, like, it, it felt mildly obvious to me, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think, but so the glass glass onion has has really opened our eyes in terms of who done it, and so you can you can have the obvious one be the killer, and then and it and it sends you because you're like, oh, I didn't know how over intelligent I was going to have to be to work this out. That's the whole point with who done it is you actually just don't know how clever they're going to be with stuff until you find out. Mm. And so is it going to be the extremely but, obvious person? Is it going to be the one where they have a, a, a bunch of breadcrumbs behind them? Or is it going to be that person who was basically irrelevant other than a couple of weirdly phrased lines? Yeah. And that's the thing. Saying, in, saying, after, like saying, okay, no, I thought it was him. Like, you know, it, I, I just I think it was always... in the first episode. Yeah. Okay, but, but, but that's it. But I'm saying, I'm, like... Yeah, whatever, or, yeah, I'm not, I'm like... I'm just going to say, I do not think the Who Done It mystery in you was written or ha- tackled very well at all. I'm not saying I found it less interesting because of it or I liked it less, but I don't think it was, I, I don't think that was their main issue of making some really 
convoluted like uh, mystery. I don't think that was their first thing they were trying to do, and, and that's that be the best part of it. That's fine because it's probably not what they were trying to do. But I wouldn't. I would not compare it to Glass Onion or the first Knives Out because I think those two, writing wise, are done pretty masterfully. You think Glass Onion is way better than this, this series? In terms of the who done it part, yes, easily. Yeah. But then, Actually, but then probably Glass... in terms of overall quality. In some ways, in some ways, definitely, yeah. But then also the mystery. The whole point of the the. Glass Onion what is is that it was the obvious person. So why is it an issue here? And then it is a, it's it is the way they you. did it. Yeah, no, that that's what I want to sort of open up. Rather than just saying, oh, it was obvious it was the person we thought it was. I also I don't think in that it's as obvious as it was here. Because at the start of Glass Onion, I didn't immediately go, Oh, it's uh, spoilers for Glass Onion if you haven't seen it. Um I didn't immediately go, Oh, it's Ed Norton. I think and that I was the I impression. I did, and also there were surprises and shocks there because it was just like, oh, Janelle Monet's twin sister. Okay, like there were mm. still surprises and twists along the way. But you... I'm just saying in this, in the specific, just the story of season four and the who done it aspect to it, I don't think there's been any surprises. You could also phrase that as less realistic as well. Because I mean, I'm not going to go into I'm not going to go into an argument about whether you or Glass Onion is more realistic because really, well, it's quite clear. Realistically, neither of them are. Well, you, this this series of you has been more realistic than Glass Onion. I mean, Be- because probably, it has been it has been the one well, with the with the motivations that are the clearest. Probably, so there we go. I, and there's I think neither layers. of them are realistic at all. Well, no, but I'm just saying, like, like arguing what's more realistic between Star Wars and Star Trek. I just don't. I, I mean, well, it's one not though because it's a bit more realistic. But because I don't there's think no, of them are. There's no supernatural elements in you. It does try to ground itself in it's it's realistic except for this element. That's what TV shows do. So it's well, not yeah, just. Yeah. So it's not yeah. So there's all there's obviously like there's an element of keeping something like that grounded. I, I by the way, there is something I want to mention because you said you, you thought peak you was. Um, so the interactions between Victoria Pedretti and Pen Badgley, I was the, I think when I think back and I rewatch scenes, I think peak you was when we were only with Joe very early on. You were only in his head. You basically felt like you were his conscience because you were hearing his thoughts loud and clear, and you were also seeing see you were also seeing him do these quite um taboo busting things like just casually taking her phone out of his pocket and then start looking for it. And as a viewer, you were like, hang on, is he, is he just talking in, in his inner monologue? Like, that's normal. And that, that was, I think, was peak you when he was still breaking all of these boundaries that, that, that the audience wasn't used to. It. Uh, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. I think that when was the, the shock, best. When the shock was still there, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree. One thing before we move on to Ant-Man or whatever. Oh, yeah. One thing I would like to praise the show for that I think is the... For me, the only incredibly consistent thing is Penn Badgley's performance. Oh, yeah, he's been unbelievable, wasn't he? And the way he balances the charm and the menace, like any any actor trying to make people root for Joe, it's it's not something anyone can do. Mm. And like it's, again, probably uh, props to the writing as well. But the performance is definitely one of the main reasons why pe- you still get people wanting Joe to succeed for whatever reason, because he's got that charm. 
that can somehow offset the menace. That is in that is a gorgeous segue actually into I know we said we we're gonna talk about Ant Man. That's a really good segue into Euphoria because Nate Jacobs. Um mm. me and Rory have been Tom's already seen Euphoria throughout. I've just finished it, Rory's still on it, so but we won't talk about it for very long. But uh, we uh, we were just talking about it today. So Jacob and Lordy, who plays Nate Jacobs in Euphoria, is one mm. of those characters where he is clearly a piece of shit. But there is, as a viewer, you're so conflicted about him because he's charismatic and he he seems nice sometimes. And, and mm. there's all these really confu- and it's just the, maybe the way it's filmed and directed as well. And, and they do that really well. And that's, by the way, Euphoria is just unbelievable. Yeah, I, great, I, yeah, I think sure. it is it is on my top ten series. Maybe it's like ninth or tenth. I don't know. Well, of all time. Probably, probably. Yeah. It's just so well shot. It's not writing wise. It's nothing even close. But how yeah. well shot it is, and the way yeah, it uses cinematography music is, it is like insane. Yeah, and Labyrinth was... does a brilliant job with the score and like, the music. I was I was thinking the other day. A lot of the the shots in Euphoria with like the the smoke and the different colors. It's it's like a sort of yellowy color in the background. Mm. It looks sort of apocalyptic or or even dreamlike. It never yeah. looks like just like in a normal high school or whatever. There's always something yeah, going dream, on. In the yeah. Dreamlike is a brilliant way to put it. Although I, I guess more night, nightmarish because do you, do you, I would hate to live in that world. Do you think it's being positioned like that because we're hearing it from Rue's perspective and it's her sort of remembering it? Mm, yeah. yeah, I think that is actually the. I think that genuinely. I was about to say, I think that is genuinely the point yeah. because we're supposed to be seeing it through her eyes. It's very cool. I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of it. It's more quite, stuff it's, like that. I've watched stuff like this where I've really enjoyed it, but it's kind of been lost in my memory a little bit more just because it isn't as distinct. And I think this is so distinct with its style. I think it's very, um, what is it, high mm. contrast, mm. Uh, the, the colour and all that. That like Every shot is quite distinct. I could probably recognise Euphoria from a random shot of a lesser-known actor, yeah. genuinely. That's the, it is very iconic. The music as well, very, very iconic. Uh, so just... Yeah, all of that stuff. It's such a memorable series. Yeah, and I think... Go on. I, I was just... I like the music. I listen to like a lot of the songs from Labyrinth in for that show just outside all the time because they're really, really... I think it's, it's probably my favourite thing about the show is the music, I think. Mm, it's very good. There's a thing like where... Some of the songs he's made for it are brilliant. This this isn't really a spoiler, Rory, because I know you're not yet on season two, but there's... um When they re- reintroduce a Nate Jacobs scene in... um in season two they show his face and there's no music and then he kind of turns towards the camera and his theme starts and it's such an iconic theme it's like wow it's literally a character it's a high school character he's like you know the quarterback and whatever and they've given him like a badass theme tune and it's, it's such a it's such a weird like glorifying high school feeling but mm. it's kind of addicting i am um, i know you said earlier about how his character is conflicting for viewers because of his charisma. I think it's mm. more the fact that you see all of the, the things that have made him so repressed and full of rage mm. that it makes you feel sorry for him rather than the fact that he's like charming to people. Because I think a lot of the time you can see like the smarm and the, the ill intentions behind what he's doing when yeah. he's being charismatic. I don't yeah, think that's that like, wrong. maybe you just yeah, phrased it wrong. I t- yeah, no, I, I, I make you right. Uh, I think when, I, to be fair, I think when I said charisma, and it is definitely still the wrong word. I kind of just mean how he 
is in characters where he's a bit more human. Like there's scenes with his mum in season two. Uh, there's scenes where he talks to Cal. Um, there's scenes where he talks to people. I think to be fair, he's like most he's most down to earth when he's with the likes of Maddie, who's just as bad. Well, not just as bad, almost as bad as him. Mm. Uh, and that's where you start to see, you know, a little bit of a more human side. But it, it, obviously, it's it's completely not justifiable. So it's just in, incredibly well directed. We said we were going to move on fairly quickly from this though, because it's not current. Yeah. So um, and so man. we've got no Marcel the shell with shoes on. We've got to make sure we get that oh, out of the way. Fair enough. So that's this is like the latest um, one of the latest releases. I think has it been out in the US for a while? I don't know. Uh, according. According to Letterboxd and IMDb, its release was originally in 2021. So it's but that might have just it's been it's like taken a, a while. Yeah, yeah, like... it was like film festival stuff, and that's yeah, yeah, it doesn't um... count. Oh yeah, okay. In this in this sense, it doesn't count because what I'm saying yeah. is we're not late to the scene in any sense. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, so it's ba- the the way I kind of saw it in the trailers that it was very absolute. Like it was like one of those very abstract films where like it appeared like it was for children, but in fact it was something that adults could go and get something from. Mm. But um, Rory and Tom went after me and they really liked it. I went first and I hated it and I went and went on a massive rant about it and got all passionate yeah. about how. And then he annoyed. and then he got quite upset and angry at me and Rory for liking it. Yeah, he sulked. Yeah, he sulked for a bit and then he ignored us. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I I thought I watched. I wasn't expecting like Citizen Kane level writing, directing, and all that stuff. I I was expecting a nice little like a I don't know a cheerful, heartfelt bit of animation, and that's that's what I got. I thought Marcel as a character was quite charming and like quite heartwarming, and thought voice acting wise it was good. Um, I don't have an issue with the fact it wasn't voiced by a child. It was voiced by a, a grown-up woman. I don't think that's anything wrong with that. I think it probably made it a bit better in terms of the line delivery. I think the humour. I thought the humour was good. Um, yeah. It wasn't like any. It wasn't like any belly laughing or any like loud chortling. Um, <laughs> there was like it was like nose egg hails laughing, but it was consistent. I thought that was really good. I thought the animation, and I I have such a like a great appreciation for stop motion animation, and I thought that was really solid. And it like the it was very seamless the way it mixed in with the actual like live action world. Um, and f- as for what it was, I just thought it was a really well made film, and like you can tell it's got an incredibly low budget and independent, and I just really enjoyed it. I um I I really like the relationship between Marcel and I can't remember what the, the guy's Dean. name is. Dean, Dean yeah. Fleischer Camp, the actual That's director him. of the film. And he he kept his name in the film. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I just liked how he was sort of Marcel's guide to the world. Yeah. Just Marcel's reactions to things were funny. I, I liked yeah. all of them. It was like a little kid being told stuff for the first time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also enjoyed the like zoomed in sort of sets and all the, mm. the little household props. Yeah. It reminded yeah. me of like the borrowers or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, it was just sweet, charming, heartwarming. Enjoyed it the whole way through. Uh, yeah. It's a good runtime as well. It's like an hour and 25 or something, which is a good, 
runtime for that like... sort of film. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So now like, we'll let Henry rant for a bit. Um, yeah, me and Roy on. will take our headphones out, and Henry can just speak to the world. Well, no, no. I was well. All the things you said, I would like. I recognised, and I don't like disagree at all. Like a lot hmm. of the, a lot of the reactions to what the the narrator was saying, were yeah. like funny. I I appreciate stop motion to an extent, but then like as long as it's not being respected too much for just effort, and it is being respected because it looks genuinely good. Because cause I, I tend to think that's when you start reviewing stuff academically rather than just by, based on enjoyment. I thought um, it was good as well, and I, yeah, I enjoyed it, it. Yeah, okay, right. But, yeah, so I, I enjoyed all those things, but then I, I did tend to think they were, like, a little bit few and far between. I felt like these, these moments that we're talking about that were funny and these moments that we're talking about where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of impressed with how Marcel gets himself around the house. All those things that I enjoyed too, they were kind of what sort of, you know, a minute and a half, two minutes between each one. And then it was all the stuff in between, just like the, the, the sort of the slightly funny voice and the dumbfounded questions and all that kind of stuff. It it was like, it was literally like trudging through custard each time to get to this, new, to get to the next laugh. And that's what, that's what I found so intolerable. Not that the bits that were good weren't good. Was that 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 I was watching? It was like watching and a two minute ad every single time. I wanted to like watch a ten second funny video on YouTube. That's that's basically the best mm. example of how I put it was. So it's it's funny how we literally do agree with what was good about it, but just yeah, you had more way more tolerance for the the wide view is absolute shit. I don't, yeah, I, don't in I don't think tolerance is the right thing because I wouldn't say the bits in between were bad. I don't think it's higher tolerance. I just think. Maybe the film as a whole resonated with us more than it resonated with you, and that's not a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, it's mm. just personally, we found it was like resonating more with us, and maybe because you didn't means that those bits that you didn't like felt worse to you. But I wouldn't say that any parts of it were like dragging or boring. I thought the whole thing was just as good and as charming as those little bits that you liked. I think yeah. the, bits in, the bits in between you were talking about, for me, were just quite comforting. Like, it was all just yeah. very relaxing watching it. It was nice music comforting in the background. Comforting is a great word to describe yeah. this film. It's a I brilliant stick, word. Stick this on, lay down, yeah. I don't know, have, have a little, just smile to myself. Yeah. Laugh mm. every now and then. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so, I mean this, just like... A li- it was a little bit like a like a sort of a kid's morning show, mm. and I suppose yeah. that might be comforting for some people. But it definitely, it was for me. It was more like it felt like I was be- I was sort of being made to watch something with a, like mm. a child of mine or something like that that I had to watch. That's what do it you know kind the, of felt like. Do you know what it reminded me of? There's a CBBC show where. I think it was called Googly's or something like this or something like that. I said it to Tom oh, where they stuck, they stuck like uh, googly eyes on like peas and carrots yeah. and stuff like that. And they zoom in on them doing like stuff around the house. They, they didn't speak. They just like mumble at each other and do things that I found mm. funny when I was like six, seven years old. But th- that was the first thing that came to mind when I was watching the, the film. You're 24 now. Ah, I yeah. still love it. Well, he's, he's not saying it's the exact same thing. He's saying it reminded me of our movie. Aesthetically, Henry, it reminded me of Yeah. 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 And, and, and admittedly, a lot of my disdain for it is to do with the fact that as soon as... And, and annoyingly... shells. I, yeah, well, 
obviously. But you like, stepped on uh, one while you were younger on a beach, and you've hated them ever since. Mm. Yeah, that seems like the shell suffered more than I did there. But um, actually, no, to be fair, I was quite light. But the thing is, uh, and I, I did know about the reviews before I went, which is annoying because I prefer about even with that in mind. But um, but even with that in mind, I did think that like I knew the critics were going to be like all over it for reasons that weren't to do with enjoyment. And that's I, I, I tend to think that you should only be judging films by how much you enjoyed it during and afterwards. But what, I don't what do you think mean? it should be an academic thing. But what do you mean? I don't like... think it's an academic thing because I think there's an overwhelming consensus critically and with general audiences that this is a good film. And how do you know and they didn't enjoy it? Yeah, if you didn't enjoy it, that's absolutely fine. I'm not saying everyone should enjoy a film like this because clearly no, not everyone is. But I don't think you should question other people's enjoyment of it just because you didn't. Okay, so for example, it's a it's a very small example, and it's not going to cover everything. But something like stop motion sometimes feels like it's it's being commended for how much effort it takes, even in this day and age, considering there are other methods, maybe more efficient methods, and and the fact that it takes what I don't know how like a day to to make four or five seconds footage, and that's like a that's like a big part of why people are so impressed, and it becomes a thing of impressed rather than like but you and don't I'm know also, that. I, that that might be your opinion on it personally but you don't okay, know well, I, I, fine, I, I, I appreciate i appreciate i appreciate how much how long and how much effort it takes but i like it because of the style of it i'm not appreciating it just because of the effort i'm liking it because of the style and the way it looks and how much i enjoy the way it looks yeah like Coraline is one of my favorite animated films of all time and I appreciate mm. the effort it would have take, taken to make it, but I think the effort is worth the way it looks. Mm. Because obviously you could CG something to look that way, but it wouldn't be the same. And I love the way it looks. I, I think you can't, you can't assume... Maybe some, peop, maybe some critics are liking it because of the effort, but you can't assume that it's all of them. Um, well, I, get, I guess that something like Avatar has proved that being impressed it, it can sometimes it can sometimes morph itself into what like actual enjoyment eat like even though i don't necessarily think it's justified i've explained that really badly initially but like so when people saw water in avatar their their actual brain chemistry might have been like oh, wow just because of the fact just because of the effort and just because of how unprecedented it was that they did that rather than the fact that wow i'm looking at water so I just find that sort of side of of enjoying films a little bit stranger. That's kind of just my point. Like, so like I find writing a lot that should be more a lot more important, and it and it tends to sometimes style and sometimes trivia actually sort of drives how how well. Like I can imagine the most people going to watch that film. This is probably a little bit of a more accessible point. I can imagine most people will go and watch that film who don't watch loads of films will be like, what have, what have I just watched? So it's I mean, like a film thing, isn't uh, it? It's again, a film it's, guy film. I don't even know if it's a film guy film, but you, I mean, obviously people aren't going to like it, but it's, not pro it's probably not made for the general audiences. Like, film and festival. that's fine. Film. Yeah, it's a it's, yeah, it's a film festival film. 
But again, I don't think I find it odd to be to immediately be like, are the critics are only doing it for this one reason? Have you have you, you actually know. read reviews of it? No. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I just don't think you can say that then. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like if we carry on with this, we're gonna. Yeah, over, like, carry on overstepping ourselves and just saying the same things. Um, yeah. I think so, we've said what we need to say. Yeah, and man Here's one we'll all agree with, um, mainly. <laughs> Not good. No, not quite, because I, I, cause I said that Ant-Man was better than Marcel and Michelle was used on, so that, that's what uh, I think we need uh, to no, 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 Yeah, chance. but I mean, just talking about Ant-Man itself, none of us really liked it. Yeah, I've got two main issues with it I would like to put forward first, and then I'll let you two discuss as well. Um, one of them is... About the yeah, actually, I'd say it's visually and writing wise. I've got two main issues with it. Um, let's start off with visuals. Quite messy. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say for the majority of it that it the actual like technical side of it is that bad because I don't think the graphics look bad per se or out of place for most of it. It's just how they like put those graphics into the film. I think it's a visual mess and it's incredibly overstimulating. Yeah. I would like for most of the shots, unless there is a specific person there, there's no clear focal point. And even sometimes when there are people there, there's no clear focal point and you can't focus on anything. And I think that's probably worse than just having bad graphics. Because at least if there was bad graphics and clear focal points, you could take everything in. And you might be like, that looks a bit shit, but at least I'm still getting everything. And it, it was to, just a visual mess throughout the entirety. To me, it looked like they built it all out of Play-Doh and then just thrown a load of jelly everywhere. It just didn't, it didn't interest <laughs> me, really. Just, that's the background yeah. so uninteresting. Um, yeah, and... Yeah, that was one big issue with it. My next one, again, this is probably more of a, like a nerdy thing. Like, I don't know if the writers of the thing just don't understand the characters themselves or if they're just lazy. Probably lazy. Um, and probably rushed, actually. I don't want to just call them lazy. They were probably rushed in it. I don't understand how, if you're trying to build up this character as the next Thanos how you can have him quite easily defeated by Ant-Man on his own. Like, why? Like, I know it's different variants, but like, the, this is the Conqueror version of Kang. He's supposed to be one of, if not the most powerful versions of Kang, capable of destroying worlds. And he's killed, the, in, like, he's literally said he's killed Avengers before, probably in, like, just in big groups. He's killed them all before, and yet he gets defeated by Ant-Man. And I think that sort of destroys all of the stakes for the rest of the phase. Mm. Because why? how are we going to... Ant-Man is probably one of the weakest Avengers. How are we ever going to assume that in the future film, like Kang Dynasty, whether it's multiple Kangs or just another version of the Conqueror, how are we ever going to see him lose to people like Captain Marvel or Thor. 
you, you could like probably... the writing itself is seems so it's not very well thought out at all and they needed a conclusion and they decided to go with something that at least for me sort of destroys the stakes of any future film with him in it you could you could literally bookmark this criticism with every marvel film and over the last sort of five years that's that, what I'm saying. I, just, I don't. That's what I, it's annoying me mainly with this one because he's supposed to be the next big thing, and mm. I think that is true. Perform, yeah. Performance wise, performance wise, Jonathan Majors is one of the only few. Like Paul Rudd and Jonathan Majors are one of the very few things I really enjoyed about this film, and like the um, the charisma from both of them, and just sort of the nuance more from Jonathan. There's not much nuance in um, Ant Man. Is great, but. If like imagine imagine in phase one if it like the first Avengers film was Thanos and like just Captain America on his own defeated him and like he ran off somewhere, how would we ever think that the full might of the Avengers would ever lose to that person? I feel like it might be more apt to say Hawkeye killed Thanos on his own. Yeah, like Hawkeye. (laughs) Yeah. And then they're just like Ah, oh, sick. So Hawkeye can do it on his own. So when Captain Marvel's now in there, when there's two different types of Thors, how how are they going to struggle? Mm. Well, that's part of the the criticism already with the multiverse, isn't it? Is that the whole thing that's meant to be so um, imperious about someone like Kang is that how many of them there are? Yeah, which means that he is already is expendable as one and by yeah. himself. Yeah, and I think that's a... sort of. I, I get what they're trying to do. If that's what they're trying to do, I get it. To be like, there's multiple versions of him. That's why it's going to be difficult. And if they're all after them at the same time, that's going to be difficult for them. But as someone who appreciates sort of the world, be like the comic book world beyond the MCU, that's not how it should be with a character like him. He should be able to, on his own, take them on and not okay. lose to Ant-Man and 100 Ants. I actually think that Marvel is like suffering from its own like early planning. Like, because everything yeah. now is geared towards an Avengers film. So you lose the jeopardy of these single films beforehand because yeah. you know these characters are going to be in the Avengers. So then nothing bad's going to happen to them. And whatever villain they're up against here is going to be defeated by the end of it. Like, there, yeah. there's no two ways about it. Like, at the end of it, Ant Man will be in the, in the Avengers film after. So, like, what are you meant to take from the film, really? I guess it's a showcase for Jonathan Majors. That's nice. Yeah. You know he's going to well, be I in it later on. They could easily have made that version of him. Like, again, I don't know what their plan is, but they could have made that version of him the pushing force for the next phase. And they, they, could have done, they didn't have to kill Ant-Man. But they could have easily have had Kang win. He could have... Trap them down there, and they've got all this time stuff. They could have had him trap them down there and him escape, but because of the way the time's working, he escapes five years into the future at the beginning of the next Avengers film. Yeah, the thing is, and though, I, vi- I would have. I feel like smart, but again, I'm not a writer. Who knows? V- villains losing in Marvel has always existed. It, it, like, oh, they, yeah. they, they do the whole big thing where it's like, oh, so we got a new villain now. This villain's more powerful. No, no, he's more powerful than the one that was defeated in the previous film. This yeah. one, see, this one could like, ah, oh, he can kill people with his eyes, and they, they come up with all these like all the fancy ways why he is more powerful than the last one. 
uh, and then they nerf him in the final act. That is what happens every yeah. single time. Yeah, that has yeah. been happening since probably like not even not even like Phase Three Marvel. It's probably happened before then. But what I think has happened, and I've literally only just been really thinking about this, is the early Marvel films were a little bit better because it was the conflict wasn't just with the 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 antagonist. A lot of it was internal. Yeah, like so it was. There were there were problems with their own with with the person's character, the, the one the, the the hero. So in Iron Man, it's like he's sort of figuring out his suit. And that sort of yeah, thing he's learning well, how he's to fly. Figuring out his place in the world and like the yeah, internal lots, conflict of like, should I be giving these people weapons? Probably not, Tony. Lots of little things like that. You've got even in the Avengers, you've got internal conflict between a bunch of heroes who don't know how to work yeah. together. There's all of these little writing things that make something where the hero is obviously going to win still quite interesting because yeah. the conflict is a little bit more close to home. It could be perhaps even applied to any other film. I, yeah, um, I, I was, was going to say this isn't really just specific to marvel most mm. uh, 99% of films you're watching where you have a protagonist they are going to be winning more often than not it's the way they get there and i think early marvel films have you said do it incredibly well but it's just these later ones they're just it feels like everything between the beginning and the end is just filler rather yeah. than the main bit of the film that they should be focusing on I actually think the like it's actually quite funny how simplistic the the, the increase in runtime has been in like late like recent films. So like yeah. films used to be about ninety minutes, didn't they? And now they're more like two hundred minutes or something around. Not mm. wait, two hundred minutes, hundred like um they're more like one hundred and thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah, one hundred and twenty, one hundred and thirty, and all that's meant is they're still paced in the same way, except There's except they have the little they have them winning. And then they have like a tacked on. Oh, but they haven't really won. That's the only thing that's changed. They haven't actually like slowed anything down with a lot of these films. Like a lot of other films have slowed everything down. And with Marvel films, they have that that's exact same pacing, except they just have that little tack on at the end. Like all oh, things aren't over, you know. The last fifteen minutes, but everyone will be like, "Oh, we won, thank God." And then, oh, the villains in my house after I just killed him in the battlefield. Oh shit. <laughs> so I actually feel like it's kind of. Marvel hasn't really adapted to the uh, the long runtime change in yeah. film. Mm. I don't. It's, again, I don't. Marvel's films have been like two hours. Their whole like ever since they started. I think the are shortest really? ones. I think the shortest ones like an hour and forty odd minutes. Oh, but like the majority of them are uh, two hours to like two hour twenty. I think. Okay, well maybe maybe it's and, like the, surprisingly, Ant Man Quantumania is one of the shorter ones. Or maybe it's that Mar- that's been Marvel's take on the old classic action, because mm. the old classic action films would just be building to a crescendo and then it would stop. And that would be hour and a half action films, and that's what you'd get. And then instead you've got... So that, that maybe that was Marvel's take on action films, is just to have that little tack-on bit at the end, and that's the unexpected, yeah. and they haven't really evolved from that. But, yeah, so... Um, yeah. Shall we... Uh, Wrap it up. I think, yeah. Thanks for coming to our little roundup of everything we've watched recently. You could join in with the discussion if you, yeah, just get the comments. Like you know, it's there. Go outside, it's there. shout to the sky, and we'll hear you and your opinions. Any bin, any bin, indeed, or indeed, out of school. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Strong ending. Right. Cool. See you later, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.